Hello, lady apes, gentle apes, robot apes, alien apes, hologram apes, projection apes, and any ape in between any of those. Welcome to CrayonCast. This is a podcast by apes for apes, where several volunteering apes translate the due diligence crayon notes of other apes into audio format for those of us who don't know how to read. Your hosts are myself, Pickle Rick, Wipe with Wipes, Scalpel User, Breck the Poet, and Secretly Reformed. Before we get started, I must state that this content is for informational purposes only. You should not construe any such information or other materials, legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. Nothing contained in our content constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, endorsement, or offer by the hosts or any third-party service provider to buy or sell any securities or other financial instruments in this or in any other jurisdiction in which such solicitation or offer would be unlawful. Reading today's episode, the real reason Wall Street is terrified of the GME situation is Wipe with Wipes. Howdy, fellow apes. This is Wipe with Wipes. You can find me on Reddit as Wipe with Wipes. I'm otherwise a social media ghost. Howdy, fellow apes. This is Wipe with Wipes. Back with some due diligence for your listening pleasure. This one comes to you courtesy of Johnny Daggers. That's user Johnny Daggers, J-O-H-N-N-Y-D-A-G-G-E-R-S. And it's from January 31st of 2021. I have been following GameStop since mid-September, and over that time I have banked myself a 1,300% return in the process. However, the whole time I was a little puzzled with how severe the reactions from Wall Street have been, especially this week. The company had more than 100% of its stock sold short. That's never happened before. You say, I know, I know, but that's not actually a new thing. A short squeeze, even one of this magnitude, should have squoze by now with GameStop up more than 10 times in the span of weeks. Something is just not right. I think there is something much, much bigger going on here. Something big enough to blow up the entire financial system. Here is my hypothesis. I think the hedge funds, clearinghouses, and DTC executed a coordinated effort to put GameStop out of business by conspiring to create a gargantuan number of counterfeit shares of GameStop, possibly 100 to 200% or more of the shares originally issued by GameStop. In the process, they may have accidentally created a bomb that could blow up the entire financial system as we know it, and we're seeing their efforts to cover this up unfold now. What is the bomb? I believe retail investors may hold more than 100% of GameStop. Not just 100% of the float, more than 100% of the actual company. This would be definitive proof of illegal activity at the highest levels of the financial system. For you to follow this argument, you should go and read the white paper, Counterfeiting Stock 2.0, so you understand how the hedge funds can create fake stock out of thin air and disguise it so it looks like real shares. They use these fake shares in short attacks to drive the price of a company down until they put them into bankruptcy. This practice seems to be widespread among hedge funds that go short. There's even a term for it. Strategic fails to deliver. Counterfeiting shares is extremely illegal, similar level to counterfeiting money but it's very difficult to prove, and even getting the court to approve subpoenas because of the way the financial industry has stacked the deck against investigations. 
This completely explains why so many levels of the financial system seem to be actively trying to get in the way of retail investors purchasing more GameStop. It's not just about a short squeeze. It's about their firm's very existence and their own personal freedom. We have the opportunity to put all these people in jail by proving that we own more than 100% of shares in existence. There are 71 million shares of GameStop that have ever been issued by the company. Institutions have reported to the SEC via 13F filings that they own more than 102 million shares, including the 13% of GameStop stock that is owned by Ryan Cohen. Now, I don't know the delay variance on these ownership numbers, but I think there is a pretty solid argument that close to 100% of GameStop is owned by these firms, if not more. Moreover, there are now more than 7 million people subscribed to Wall Street Bets. I know lots of people here are sitting on a few hundred shares that they bought back when it was under 50 bucks. Some of us are even holding thousands. If the average number of shares owned by each subscriber is even close to 5 to 10, we have a very good shot at owning a similarly enormous amount of GameStop. Even if the average was just 10 shares per legit subscriber, that puts the minimum retail position at about 30 to 50% of the entire company. GameStop has been on the New York Stock Exchange threshold list for almost a month. We don't have January data yet, but I just analyzed the data from the SEC's fail to deliver list for December, all 65,871 lines of it, and looked up the number of shares that were likely counterfeit. For comparison, I did the same for a couple random tickers. Most companies have close to no shares not show up. Of those that do, it's a relatively small number of shares. For example, two random companies. Lowe's, with 125 billion market cap, had 13,960 shares fail to be delivered at its highest point that month. Boston Beer Company, which has an $11.5 billion market cap, had 295 shares fail to be delivered. How many shares of GameStop failed to deliver? 1,787,191. As the white papers point out, the true number of counterfeit shares can be 20 times this number. How bad do you think that number will be when we get the numbers for January? I'm willing to bet it's many times that. Look at how that compares to other company stock. And here we have a histogram showing the number of shares that weren't delivered in December on the x-axis versus the number of companies that fall into that bin, the y-axis. And the key piece here is that GameStop is an extreme outlier. It is much further away on the x-axis off to the right than any of the other companies. Most companies fall under zero shares failed to deliver or a number close to that. And only a handful really start getting into the thousands or hundreds of thousands. I think this explains all the shenanigans going on the last few days. There's way too much counterfeit GameStop stock out there, and DTC, the clearinghouses, and the hedge funds are all in on it. That's why there has been such a coordinated effort to disrupt our ability to buy shares. No real shares can be found, and it's about to cause the system to fall apart. We probably own way more of GameStop than we think, and that is freaking out Wall Street because it could prove they've been up to some extremely illegal crap, and the whole system could implode as a result. Here's a disclaimer. I'm just a starving engineering PhD student, 
and I don't work in finance. I have no inside knowledge of how the financial system works, and I may be wrong on some of this. This is not financial advice, and you shouldn't trade based on it. I am book smart, but I still eat crayons like the rest of you. Obligatory rocket. Thank you for tuning in today for a little bit of due diligence from Johnny Daggers. You can find links to the articles referenced, the white papers, for example. They're embedded in the post. You can find this post on DD into GME. Again, that's D-D-I-N-T-O-G-M-E. Well, Apes, this is a double feature. We're going to dive right into Ryan Cohen's open letter to the GameStop Board of Directors, also read by Wipe with Wipes. Howdy, fellow Apes. This is Wipe with Wipes. I'm back because I have an exciting article to share with you today. This is the letter that Ryan Cohen wrote to the board of directors of GameStop. Shortly after Ryan and his investing company, RC Ventures LLC, had made their large purchase of GameStop shares. The letter is dated November 16th, 2020. A couple of housekeeping items here. One, uh, throughout the document, RC Ventures and its affiliates will be referred to as RC Ventures. Two, the board of directors will simply refer to as the board and GameStop will either be referred to as the company or simply GameStop. I'll try to call out pieces of the letter that are emphasized. There are some components that are in bold or underlined, and I want to make sure that you get the full emphasis of this very direct communication that was sent to the board of directors. Without further ado, to the board of directors. Subject, maximizing stockholder value by becoming the ultimate destination for gamers. Dear members of the Board of Directors, RC Ventures, LLC, together with its affiliates, is one of the largest stockholders of GameStop Corporation, with ownership of approximately 9.98% of the company's outstanding common stock. Given that our attempts to privately engage with you since the summer have yielded little progress, we feel compelled to send a clear message to the Board today. Now this next section is underlined and bolded. GameStop's leadership should immediately conduct a strategic review of the business and share a credible plan for seizing the tremendous opportunities in the rapidly growing gaming sector. GameStop needs to evolve into a technology company that delights gamers and delivers exceptional digital experiences, not remain a video game retailer that overprioritizes its brick and mortar footprint and stumbles around the online ecosystem. It is important to reiterate that we have devoted a significant amount of time to analyzing GameStop's assets, balance sheet, corporate governance, opportunity set, and positioning within the sector. Our investment thesis was predicated upon a few core conclusions, including number 1. The gaming industry is experiencing explosive growth, with the global gaming market expected to be $174.9 billion this year and reach $217.9 billion by 2023. Number 2. GameStop has valuable assets, including a strong brand with a large customer base and 55 million power-up members. Number 3. Despite GameStop losing substantial market share to forward-looking competitors, 
the company can still emerge as the market leader and ultimate destination for gamers if the board can set a credible strategy for capturing growth opportunities. We recognize that the board may feel it is insulated from stockholder scrutiny after adding new directors this past spring and seeing a recent stock price uptick, which only came on the heels of RC Ventures filing its 13D. We also understand you may expect that the new console cycle will at least temporarily appear to validate the company's adherence to an outdated business model that is over-dependent on brick-and-mortar sales. In our view, all of these assumptions are faulty and short-sighted. We urge the board to give the right level of consideration to our assessment of GameStop's challenges, opportunities, and ideal path forward. Additional detail on all three of these points is included in this letter. Section 1. GameStop's challenges stem from internal intransigence and an unwillingness to rapidly embrace the digital economy. Technology is changing nearly every aspect of the gaming world, ranging from the way gamers shop to how they interact and compete with one another. This is why RC Ventures believes the successful and durable players of tomorrow will be technology-first companies that specialize in gaming products, experiences, and services. Unfortunately, it is evident to us that GameStop currently lacks the mindset, resources, and plan needed to become a dominant sector player. The company remains in long-term secular decline due to its apparent unwillingness to pivot with urgency and grow with gamers. As evidence, stockholders have seen the value of their equity decline by nearly 68% over the past three years and decline by nearly 85% over the past five years. GameStop is also one of the most shorted stocks in the entire market, which speaks volumes about investors' lack of confidence in the current leadership team's approach. It is equally important to stress that GameStop has failed to adequately keep pace with key industry developments in recent years, including Bullet 1, the transition from physical hardware to digital streaming. Bullet 2, the explosion of mobile gaming. Bullet 3, the shift to purchasing from mass retailers and other online competitors. By not capitalizing on these shifts, GameStop has lost billions of dollars in annual revenue and squandered a massive amount of market share. The board cannot run from the following facts. Bullet 1. Sales have plunged from $9.5 billion in fiscal year 2011 to $6.4 billion in fiscal year 2019. Bullet 2. Annual EBITDA, which is earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and assets has dropped from $839 million in fiscal year 2011, before the last console cycle, to only $111 million in fiscal year 2019. Bullet 3. Net income has fallen off a cliff from $339 million in fiscal year 2011 to a staggering loss of $470 million in fiscal year 2019. Bullet 4. In the two most recent quarters alone, the company has lost another $277 million. Bullet 5. To add insult to injury for GameStop's stockholders, the size of the global gaming market has grown by more than two and a half times since the last console cycle. Although GameStop's e-commerce sales have increased significantly during the pandemic, annual revenues have declined by a staggering margin over time. The next console cycle's temporary sales bump 
is not a justification for complacency and glacial transformation. Section 2. GameStop's leadership must promptly pivot from a brick-and-mortar mindset to a technology-driven vision. RC Ventures understands that Chief Executive Officer George Sherman has substantial experience working for large brick-and-mortar retailers, such as Advance Auto Parts, Best Buy, and Target. Regrettably, Mr. Sherman appears committed to a 20th century focus on physical stores and walk-in sales, despite the transition to an always-on digital world. The continuation of the pandemic is only accelerating this transition and, in turn, requiring businesses to take bold steps to compete. Through our private conversations, we have explained to Mr. Sherman and the board that GameStop has the ability to pivot toward becoming a technology-driven business that excels in the gaming and digital experience worlds. But this pivot requires the type of strategic vision that has not yet taken hold in the C-suite or boardroom of the company. If GameStop takes practical steps to cut its excessive real estate costs and hire the right talent, it will have the resources to begin building a powerful e-commerce platform that provides competitive pricing, broad gaming selection, fast shipping, and a truly high-touch experience that excites and delights customers. This is the type of world-class infrastructure that was constructed at Chewy, which is worth multiples of GameStop's current market capitalization. There is no doubt in our minds that GameStop has the flexibility to evolve into a technology-driven sector leader. As you know, bullet one, the company's average lease duration is approximately 24 months. Now is the time to identify duplicative, underperforming stores and plan to forego lease renewals. Bullet two, non-core operations in Europe and Australia can be streamlined or sold in order to reduce losses and potentially generate cash. While the Australian market has shown signs of life, it is not nearly big or strong enough to offset the losses linked to the company's hundreds of stores across European nations. Bullet 3. In addition, near-term increases in cash flow stemming from the console cycle can also help finance the future, provided that capital is not misallocated to risky initiatives. Bullet 4. Taken together, these factors can fuel the necessary investments that GameStop could be making to delight and retain gamers well into the future. Now in bold, taking the right steps in 2020 and 2021 can enable GameStop to own a bigger share of the market when estimated industry sales explode to more than $200 billion per year in 2023. We contend the company's sales should be growing at least in line with the market not going in the opposite direction. Significantly upgrading e-commerce can provide for greater revenue capture across larger gaming catalogs, digital content and community experiences, online trade-ins, streaming services, and esports. Section 3. We urge GameStop to adopt the right roadmap to value creation now. RC Ventures hopes this letter provides the board with a clear sense of GameStop's addressable challenges and clear opportunities. We have stopped short of outlining a detailed turnaround plan in this correspondence because the onus is on the board and Mr. Sherman to do their jobs and produce a viable strategy. Now this is in bold and underlined. In this spirit, we urge you to quickly provide stockholders with a credible and publicly available roadmap for cost containment, prioritizing profitable retail locations and geographic markets, 
and building the e-commerce ecosystem gamers deserve. Please be advised that RC Ventures is not interested in receiving a lone seat on GameStop's 10-member board. It is not enticing to become an isolated stockholder advocate on a board that has overlooked years of digital revenue opportunities and presided over massive value destruction without assuming full accountability. We want GameStop's leaders to do their jobs and implement a strategy for bringing the company into the 21st century. Sincerely, Ryan Cohen, Managing Member, RC Ventures, LLC. Well, apes, I hope you enjoyed it. That again was Ryan Cohen's open letter to the board of directors at GameStop. I hope you have a fantastic day. Well, Cryon Nation, that's been today's episode. We encourage you to go and read the comments on the original thread on Reddit written by you slash Johnny Daggers. That's you slash J-O-H-N-N-Y-D-A-G-G-E-R-S. You can find a link to the original thread and Ryan Cohen's letter to the board of directors of GameStop available at the sec.gov link in the description of this episode. As always, be good to yourself, be good to others, and be good to the world around you. Your hosts have been me, Pickle Rick, Wipe with Wipes, Scalpel User, Brett the Poet, who also did our theme music, and Secretly Reformed. We'll see you next time.